When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to uh, the weekend review, the Tuesday-ish, I guess, depending on when you're listening, uh, edition of the Celtic Down Under, uh, where this evening we're going to look back on the Celtics win at St Johnston. Anthony, how's your week slash weekend been? Yeah, just uh, moved house over the weekend, Sean, so I'm a bit knackered. Uh, nearly missed the eight o'clock kickoff of the Celtic game. I thought it was on at ten for some reason. So I was like, "Oh, like t- ten minutes to kick off." So I quickly get the dinner and get on the couch and, and sat and watched it. And yeah, um, less said about that first half, the better. But we'll uh, we'll come back to that. Um, but oh, yeah, I, th- no, I think the more said, the better, is my opinion. Thanks. Well, we'll well <laughs> we will we will we will pick through it. I'm sure we will. Um, just a big shout out to my uncle John. My auntie Elaine for helping me move. Um, they're avid listeners of the pod, of the pod. So um, yeah, thank you very much yeah. for their assistance. It wouldn't have been possible without their help. Cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks to them. Yeah. Uh, Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. It's a bit tired. It's that tired, silly season is well and truly upon us. Um, very sociable, both with work and uh, personally. So yeah, kind of looking forward to couple of weeks have been a bit calmer maybe closer to christmas weirdly it's november late october november has been super busy so got another couple of weekends with a bit going on but um yeah i expect i'm gonna have a quieter january potentially but yeah good yeah i've got one week of school left and i'm hanging on by my fingernails just all the work stacking up just push it into the holidays won't get any time off so um let's talk about how at uh, 8.45pm Perth time on Sunday, 
I was about ready to quit watching football altogether uh, as a hobby. Uh, I was just about done with it. I was honestly trying to talk myself back into it. Like, why am I watching this crap? Football is supposed to be entertaining. Uh, I don't get the point in any of this. I was absolutely doom spiraling out of being a football fan. Was it that bad, guys? Or was uh, was Brendan Rodgers being the angriest he's ever been at halftime in a game? Uh, sync up with my feeling and it was just that abject. I, um, I think I made a comment in the, the group chat. I said it looked like Celtic, the team had sat down and had a Christmas dinner and then were then asked to go out and play a game of football because they just looked so off it, lethargic on different wavelengths. I've never seen so many misplaced passes, players making the run to the left and the ball going to the right. Just, it was just, it was so disjointed. Um, apart from the David Turnbull chance in the first half, which was a good shot and the dummy, the shot and the save, that was really the only clear cut chance of the half. Um, and we just, yeah, we're so far off it. And just as we were like becoming more and more sloppy in our possession and giving the ball away, St. Johnson actually grew into the game. And I'm thinking there's every likelihood here that they're going to score a goal because it just it seemed far more likely than than us. And sure enough, they get their, their rewards from an absolute comedy of errors that we'll, we'll pick through in a little bit. But um, it wasn't really until the 60th minute I felt that we really sort of hit Agreed. our strides and, and then yeah. sort of tick, 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 ticked into deer. And, you know, I guess the epitome of that in the first half was, was Yang, um, he was just, I, I used the word dreadful. I know that was probably being kind, but I mean, to be offside as many times as he was when he's on the line, he can clearly see, you know, where the line is. That's just really, really rookie mistakes that I haven't seen in a Celtic performance in years, like going back several managers. So, you know, that, that really epitomized the, 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 the really poor performance in that first half. And, and you're sort of thinking, well, if Brendan Rodgers doesn't do the Morocco at half time, then I mean, this is on the back of getting beat two 0 by Lazio, it's in the back of a one one each draw against Motherwell. It wasn't exactly a great performance, so um, you know, it, it was it was definitely warranted and needed. And I can completely understand why he was so why he was raging. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll pick on like the team and and what he could have done differently and and whatnot. But yeah, just just very, very subpar performances across the entire side and, and very unusual that you get that. Normally you get a few players down, but a few players carrying the team. But yeah, your two stalwarts, Matt O'Reilly, Cal McGregor, they were very, very poor in the first half as well. So your whole midfield was just basically, it was, wasn't doing anything. Kyogo being isolated again. Um, you know, Palmer was trying, but, you know, again, you know, not, not that effective. And then, yeah, so anyway, like I said, it's just very, very poor. And I totally understand your response, Sean. I think we're all sort of scratching our head going like, wow. <laughs> you know, we've, we've not always hit the heights this season, but that was definitely a, 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 a really low point, particularly against the St. Johnson side that's not been going very well, or admittedly under new management, but still, like, expected more. But, you know, thankfully, we managed to turn it around in the, the last 30 minutes of the game. Yeah, I'll just, before I pass over Paul, I'll just agree with the two points you made there, that anyone that's saying it's a game of two halves, it wasn't. It was a game of two thirds and one third. Uh, the, 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 we were still 
the way, hold on, we're past five minutes. We were still crap. Uh, and uh, the, after the second half started, uh, even if there was a bit more effort, I don't know. Um, and then uh, I've totally blanked. Another point you mentioned, uh, Yang. Yes, Yang being an absolutely embarrassing show of someone who clearly doesn't know the offside rule somehow and is a professional footballer in his 20s. It doesn't. Anyway, Paul. Uh, well, I just echo what you both said. Um, it's easily the worst half of football I've seen Selig play in a number of years. I, I I can't even pin down quite how far it was. Uh, this week on Twitter, I was reminded about a game I had the unfortunateness to be at. Um, coming up from London for the weekend, I was in the crowd, a pretty low crowd, to watch us draw one each with our broth in the Scottish Cup. That's one of the worst games I've ever seen live. And to be honest, I can't think of too many that were pretty it's as terrible um, as either that or last night in the in between 11 years. So um, I don't, I'm not surprised you were as negative as you are. <laughs> I spent mostly, and I'm usually pretty calm watching settle games, particularly at home on my own. But I spent most of the first half shouting at the telly like an idiot. Um, uh, a lot of, Stop taking so many effing touches um, was was pretty regular. We were, it was just the worst example of when we play with zero zip, no intensity, uh, just a lack of, um, of any kind of urgency. And there was not a single player in that 11 for me that gets even close to a pass mark in the first 45. They were all mm. poor. It's a case of, some were absolutely bloody dreadful and some some were just below par, but nobody was great. Well, nobody was nobody was impassable, in my view. Um some basically didn't have too much involvement, so they can they can be, be, be sort of written down as just a you know a bit below average, but all over the park. It was just bloody awful to be honest. And it's all well and good Rogers come out and say that's the angriest he's ever been at half time, but he set these. He sets this team out. Why is it? Why does it take till the halftime rocket to get the intensity levels up? Because there definitely was uh, an intensity up. Um, albeit you're, you know, you're right. It didn't really click into gear until O came on. Uh, but there was definitely a lift in intensity from from the halftime. Um, the, 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 there was. We were further. We were further forward. There was a bit more intensity. There was a bit more urgency. Michael, Mikey Johnson did make a difference, you know, in that first 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then obviously the whole team came on to more of a game for the last half hour or so. Um, but Rogers has got to carry the can to some degree as well. I thought his, I thought his lineup was uninspiring. And like, no, like he's been pretty much plodding along with that same starting 11, give or take, for the last three or four games. And as it showed with the subs, and he, he, takes, he takes some plaudits for the subs, but you sort of go, well, what would have happened if he'd started with some of those guys? They showed, they showed an urgency. They showed a hunger. They showed desire to be um, in that team and, and playing at a higher level. And, and I would, I would expect, and we'll jump the gun a bit here, but I would expect that some of them were forced their way into the team for for Wednesday night, um, because we can't just keep seeing the same team um, plodding along. It's all well and good picking the same eleven if it's your best eleven, but this isn't our best eleven um, because most of them are, are a good chunk of them are injured. Uh, there's, there's got to be some rotation, particularly during December when we're playing eight, nine games, whatever it is. So good result in the end. Um, and yeah, there was some good football played second half, but but that first 45 minutes um, is not one that I ever want to think about watching back. 
Are we giving them the European hangover get out cause? Or it's not? too easy. It's too cheap. And and you can give them that, but that's the point why I'm saying you would rotate the team. Like Yang was an empty jersey on on Wednesday night in Rome, Tuesday, whenever night it was in Rome. He he was he was absolutely awful in Rome, and he was worse at, in Perth. Um, Jamesy Forrest was very poor in Rome. He kept a place in the squad. I wonder what's going on with Tilio because whilst he wasn't, you know, a revelation when he came on against Motherwell, he showed more intensity than most of the rest of the team. So you go, well, he's not in the he's not selected for Champions League, so he couldn't have been involved in Rome. But why is he dropped out of the squad again? Like, what's going on now? It, it just baffles me a little bit. Um, I, I think there must have been. I think I said this in either group chat or on, on Twitter or both. I feel like the Loneys must be contractually obliged to be in the squad if they're fit. Because otherwise, why is Nat Phillips still on the bench when we've got two centre-backs we paid for that are nowhere near a squad and both apparently fit? Um, Maybe they're just bad. Well, yeah. We saw enough, I think we saw enough positivity from both of those to say that we've invested in those players. It's clear that Phillips isn't going to stay, right? If he was, if he was under, if we were under consideration for making his loan permanent, he'd be playing Mm -hmm. and he isn't. He can't force his way in, right? So it's just a centre-back to sit on the bench in case there's an injury. For me, you would pick one of the players that you've actually paid money for rather than the guy who's going back in a few weeks' time. So I assume that there's something in this, something in the loan deal and potentially the same for Bernardo, that they've got to be in the squad if they're fit. Um, and so that's taking spots away from guys who are going to be with us for potentially a bit longer. So that's frustrating. Um, but Yang, for me, shouldn't be near... Um, first team squad for a few weeks at least for his own for his own good to be honest because he'll he's now going to be a player that the support or a section of the support will target um because that's as bad a performance as we've seen in a long time the kid's 21 who knows what's going on you know he was just he just looked completely off it he was not focused he multiple times cut offside simple control balls just not being controlled and going out for throw-ins you've no idea right like there's potentially something going on in his personal life or, or whatever now obviously you're still a professional you've got to turn up but it's not going to do him any good to be thrown straight back in in my view because especially if the game gets a bit tough on wednesday night he'll be targeted we all know he will so i'd be pulling him out of the line of fire and whilst mikey johnson is probably not a long-term solution almost certainly isn't i think he's got to start on wednesday well, yeah, it's instructive. The, the first two players that were taken off were Yang and Turnbull. Uh, you'd be surprised to see them starting on Wednesday. But yeah, the, the whole first hour, like, I was thinking about it. Like, I was like, if I had spare time, I would have just downloaded the, the video of that entire game and just done a mega cut of all the bad touches, bad passes, like, bad decisions, uh, lack of movement off the ball, like, even just stuff like uh, not getting close with defending, even when they play a bad pass, just like the kind of lack of response, like in the players to like try and, like, do you know what I mean? Like uh, the team of the early 2000s where they've been ripping strips off each other, like that pass was absolute garbage. Mm. What the hell was that? Do you know what I mean? Like Lennon mm. with the tore Larson apart, do you know what I mean? Like for a bad, like that substandard level of play and effort. And they just, they were just like, eh, whatever, just keep going. Like, it was disrespectful as well as Johnson. Like, ah, whatever, we'll just get it next time. You know, we'll score in the next mm. one. And then we, we do, we end up, we, we lose what we lose the goal. Uh, I don't know who's most to blame for the goal. Probably Matt O'Reilly, uh, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. 
powder puff attempt at a clearance. It was neither a clearance nor control. It'd have been better off just leaving it. It would have went away harmlessly if he'd actually just stepped out of the way of it. If anything, he's laid it on a plate for the guy. It's well, he effectively so scores the goal. He effectively yeah. scores the goal because he kicks yeah. it against a player who's he's literally can see where he's going to kick it and he kicks it against him anyway. It's just, that just compounded the first mistake when he fresh heard it. Yeah, and I know there's I know there's stuff going around about you know does it bounce off a striker's hand on the way down? Is there a pull on O'Reilly's shirt beforehand? Now these things happen, but there's no way that I, you expect VAR to step in there. My uh, O'Reilly's my biggest grievance, but generally how we've defended our box, similar to Rome, similar to Motherwell, we can't defend a we can't defend a corner, um, and we can't defend a corner since. Our big body Starfelt has left. Let's be honest. We're badly missing a centre back that can go and stick his head on a crossball. Um and and I know there's a lot of people that think scales, you know, is somehow better than Starfelt, which if that's the case, you probably need to have another look at a game of football. Um He's not a better defender, he just gives better balance to the the back line. Well, that's yeah, but it's any player with a left foot, right? But uh, he's still a massive that's downgrade right, yes. on Starfelt. <laughs> he's a massive downgrade on Starfelt. Um, and that that whole left foot balance thing has is papering over way too many cracks for me and for anyone else with eyes, in my view. Um, I don't think it's papering over cracks. I think there's different things, right? Well, it's, it's not a, like I think that there's a there's been there's a chunk of the support that are that seem to think that Star Skills is either a an upgrade or it be good enough. Now he's still he's plugged the gap and he's above working. He's he's operating above the standard that anyone expected of him. But he's by he's nowhere near the standard we need. I, I've said that multiple times. He's 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 doing an okay job, but every week positionally he's caught out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, you know, we, we've, he, again, the one that's, you know, the heart save at the end. He's caught under, a, caught under a ball for I don't know how many times we've seen that this season. Out of position on a cross, being caught under a ball. Taylor's is bad. He's the two of them are marking each other, and there's three or four, two or three of them at the back post queuing up. And we're only lucky that it's not too powerful ahead of that Hart can somehow scramble back and get in. But the defending by the whole defence is absolutely awful for their goal. Now we've all played the game at a very basic level. I've played both defence and striker. There's no way that you let a striker or more than one striker in on top of your goalkeeper to the point where your goalkeeper's behind his yeah. own goal line. Like that big guys like CCV and scales should be just putting a rocket up those strikers and getting them a good two or three yards out of Joe Hart's feet. Hart doesn't cover himself glory, but he, for me, he's, 
his his the protection that he's got around there is absolutely awful. Um, they've just allowed he, him to be crowded, and then we know he's not brilliant under a cross ball. So we're just compounding the issue. You need to push those strikers out by any means necessary, and then you need to give him a bit of room to be able to operate inside that box. But more on, more importantly, you need one one centre back to go and win a header, and to me that's probably skills, and he's not he doesn't do it. He's not good enough. CCD's better in the air and he's about three or four inches short of them. I've got a few few points there from what you've both been talking about. Um, I think just we'll, we'll touch on the start of the defence. Um, yeah, that goal was it was a soft goal. And and Roger said as much said it was too soft, too weak. And and that was just the epitome of a soft goal to lose. Um, yeah, Joe Hart, I think, could still have come and claimed everybody, and he didn't. He doesn't tend to do that, but a stronger keeper would probably just have come out and punched it and taken Greg Taylor and the striker with them. Um, yeah, Matt Early's made a mistake. He's fresh-aired it, and he's, like you say, he's compounded it by missing it a second time. Was a tug on his shirt, did brush on the guy's arm. I'm not making excuses. Like We didn't defend that set, didn't defend that very well at all when we deserved everything we got there. You know, there's no, you're not expecting VAR to bill you out of that one. Um, I agree. Uh, Paul Shaw, um, Stales um, got caught out the first chance that St. Johnson had. Um, Jaya Saebi, he, he missed, missed the header. Then he's turned Stales to get the shot off. So that's two mistakes there. He missed the header and then was too close to touch tight and we need to be a, just stand a bit off him to stop him from turning him. And yeah, and then that last minute, nearly a goal, you know, a better header that is a goal. And again, our centre halves are nowhere to be seen winning a header. Um, it's a concern. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think Starfield is a hasn't been properly replaced. And Stales has had to come in and plug a gap and fill a role. And I think he's done very well, given the fact that at the start of the season, had we have all said he's off to Aberdeen, we all would have went, shrugged our shoulders and went, oh, well, best luck to the kids. You know, good on him, great. Score another one against the ones for us. Well, yeah, he's he's had to come and do a job, and for the most part, he's done a job. But you've signed, you've paid four and a half million quid for Narovsky and another how many millions of quid for Ladabielka? New point, whatever. Yeah, surely they're you know they're the ones you've got to be looking at at some point, and maybe we're waiting for a break. Maybe we're waiting for the 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 winter break to re rejig and reassess and whatever. But You'd like to think that Narovsky's still going to be the, the the premier left-sided centre-half. So at what point are we going to see him on the bench, <laughs> you know, let alone in the, in the team? Um, I say no respect to Stales, like he's done a, done a job, but I think the mistakes against average opposition, and let's be, let's be frank here, the guy he was playing against, he was playing for what? Notts County or something like that. Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Or, so yes, like, it's Wimbledon. not like, and he, and he looked, and he looked good. He looked, he was holding the ball up and he was causing his problems. He was basically playing as a sole striker and bringing them into the game. And it's like, well, we can't nullify that. That's a problem. And I know we had a terrible first half, but the basics of defending are still the basics of defending. We should be able to manage that. And the other point of, of Stales probably also flows over to Yang to a certain point as well, because I don't think if we had our injury problems that we're having in the wings at the moment, that he'd be getting as much game time as he's getting. If you had Maeda fit and you had a bad fit, Yang would be 10, 15 minutes off the bench. But he's having to play full games, starting games, 
and maybe it's just a little bit too early in his development. Not writing him off. He's had a he's had an absolute stinker up in Perth. You know, he didn't have he did not have a good game against um uh Lazio. Italian teams, Lazio either. Um, but that's where you gotta have good management and pull them out as as Paul says, give them a couple of weeks just to you know, regroup. And that's where you've got to look at look at Tilly, you've got to look at um Mikey Johnson and and let's talk about Mikey Johnson, right? He's a left sided player. He's always played left wing. And we put him on the right and he was effective. He was direct. He took players on. He actually, he, he dragged us, is it ball carrying, dragged us up the pitch and actually got us into more aggressive areas and allowed Matt O'Reilly to sort of get into the ball, allowed Hyogo to get on the ball. It was his flick for the first goal, the second goal. Second. Second. Oh, second. He he's, involved twice in, he's involved twice in yeah. the second goal. So he's involved at the beginning. Yeah. He nods it down to start the move. And then he follows the, he joins the play up and he flicks it through to knocks it onto Kyogo and then we all know what so happens. So I, th- I think he's I think he's definitely forced himself out of the starting lineup for Wednesday night. And then the other point I want to make, and this is where I think the biggest catalyst for our fortunes changing on Saturday night was um or Sunday night, sorry, uh was um Big O coming on. And he he's a handful and he just seems to be getting involved, and it was him that kept the ball alive for the first goal. Um, it won't go down as an, I don't know if it goes an assist, but it was his back heel that kept kept it alive. That ended up finding you know a beautiful strike from uh, Callum McGregor, who up until that point had been you know very very quiet, but it was a good captain's goal and badly badly needed, and sort of gave us the impetus to see us you know get 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 us the three points, but. Um, you know, at what point do we say that O's chapping the door for a start? And, you know, it's unthinkable because Kyogre's the man, but Kyogre's been a wee bit off the boil as well. You'd have to every, say. Every domestic game where we, we bring O on, the team plays better, right? And, and I mean, I don't mean bring O on in place of Kyogo. I mean, bring O on for Turnbull or whoever, right? And then Kyogo drops a bit deeper. We, Automatic. We always our play improves at that point in the last few games. That's happened, right? Should we be looking at playing two up front against Scottish opposition when teams generally said he's not playing up front? Kyogo, he's playing number ten at that point. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that. For me, on Wednesday you've got two options. You play Turnbull can't play, not a chance. So, you know, McGregor O'Reilly kind of you to pick themselves you've got two options you either play you play all up the middle and Kyogo just off him or you pick one of Kyogo or o and you push McGregor forward and you put Tomoki in um, as we finish the game I, I get you've got to I mix get, it up in midfield I get choosing Turnbull right he's the top joint top scorer in the Premiership right he's, he's good at like those games were when we were at Ross County right and we can't you know, we're running ideas for breaking down that that low block and he can ping one in from 20 yards, right? That's why he's in the team. He does it pretty consistently. He'll score from outside the box when that's where teams are letting us up to that area. That's But what you're sacrificing when you include Turnbull is he, he's just not going to run in behind at all. Like that's that's an O'Reilly thing and a, a Tati he, thing, like a Kyogo thing. Like this, but Turnbull's just not interested. He's just not if Turnbull doesn't If Turnbull doesn't do the Turnbull shot from outside the box and score... He basically not doing anything. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty he's much. An, yeah. He's, he's an empty jersey as well when that, when he's, when, because, and that was one of my grievance the other week when, I can't remember which game it was, but he came, I think maybe it was the Motherwell game. He came on, he had one trundler as a sighter, and he never had another shot on goal from for the rest of the time he was on. It's like, well, there's you're not there's no point you being on. He's like a special he's like a specialist kicker in football in in gridiron or 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 you know the 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 fly half in rugby when you're looking for a drop goal. That's what he's like. Like and if he's if that's what you're using him as you've got to give him chances to shoot. And we just didn't when he came on at hearts and he was I think certainly I don't know. I he was well, he's pretty terrible, but they all were. O'Reilly was absolutely dreadful first half. Um, I still stand by the point that Turnbull and O'Reilly in the same team doesn't work. I just there's just not enough. What? There's not enough in the midfield there when the two of them are playing together. They just it just doesn't it doesn't work. Like in the last twenty minutes when you're three 0 up, anything will work. But at the start of every game, it doesn't work. There's just not. Well, you're asking you're asking two from three to do all the running. That's what you. If you, it doesn't matter whether it's O'Reilly or anyway. If you if you pick Turnbull, he doesn't do much work. So you, Look, you, you basically have two to do the majority of the running. Yang's lack of understanding of offside rule, notwithstanding, uh, Turnbull technically has the ball in the net after whatever it was about twenty minutes, and like I didn't even celebrate it because right, even from the terrible camera angle, it was obvious that Yang was yeah, four yards. Uh, yeah, four yards offside or whatever, right? So I'm just like, yeah, this is getting called back, right? But you know, he did, he did score, right? He did, or as as far as the players who were playing on were concerned, it was a goal, right? So I don't know, man. Like there was, but just even like there was chances O'Reilly just was yard off, and oh, man, it was really. Free. Should we? Like, I'm getting a bit sick of this. Can we? Let's talk about some positives, right? Let's talk well, about. Here's, here's one. Here, but here's one for you, though, right? So yeah. on social media, the mother, the mother game last week, it drew one each for Motherwell, right? And David Tumble scored the penalty. He put up a, a thing on social media saying, "I scored a goal." You know the you know the thing where it's like 60th minute like that. Yeah. So it was a draw. It wasn't a good result. He still put that up on, on his social media. So read out of that anything you want. And the other thing about social media I noticed today um, was that, you know, hold Joe on, Hart, Hold on, hold on. Are you saying that we've got the Scottish Todd Campbell on our team? Is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, I just say, I just say it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit self-indulgent posting something like that when the team hasn't got the win. So I think it's like... Scottish Todd Campbell, okay. <laughs> and then the other point I was trying to make is that Joe Hart's... Um, competition for the jersey ben cedrist is currently selling himself on bondi beach with his australian girlfriend so is he due for a summer exit like you know is, is he away in january because well, he's obviously nowhere he's not he's not even in the same hemisphere at the moment while the team's playing so what is he injured is he like on sabbatical what well i mean that's just ridiculous the, and it's a waste then, of wage and the other concern with that is is Rogers has said he's not actively looking for a goalkeeper. Um, when asked, you know, is you know, is there a is somebody to challenge Hart? Um, a key part of your thoughts for January is well, not currently. So either he's playing silly buggers, or he's genuinely so. happy to muddle along with Bain and whichever kid is playing third fiddle these days. Because as you I say, it's the B team goalkeeper looks all right when I saw him play. Well, that's yeah, it's that's fine, right. you're not, it, not talking, it, yeah, as against Lazio B, right? We're not talking, you know, yeah. So, 
Well, there's clearly there's clearly issues there. Um, if you want positives, we're going to have to move on to the second half, aren't we? Let's talk about the goals. So we'll talk about so McGregor that that the, he nearly nearly ripped the net with that that shot. Like and that's St. Johnson keeper's a good keeper. That that Turnbull mm-hmm. save we're talking about the the one decent chance we had in the first half. That was a really good save. And this, oh, actually, this just, guy, just the last nil nil game as well. He got man in a match, right? So he's a good goalkeeper, right? He is a good goalkeeper. Just before we go off of that, which is a little bit of lightheartedness. I don't know if you guys watched on Celtic TV or if you're watching on another stream, but I was watching on Celtic TV as I tend to do this season since the uh, the changes would be in and all of that. And when that save was made, Jeremy McCulloch in his wonderful way decided to say that it was bound for the postage stamp. <laughs> so unless unless you are licking stamps and sticking them on the top left-hand corner of your That's letters, uh, pretty sure it's not your postage stamp, Jerry. Uh, stamps go the other way in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> and he also, he also described... Now it was a good save by Joe Hart late in the late in the game, and it probably it probably kept the three points with us. But I wouldn't go as far as to say it was Gordon Banks esque for those of a certain uh, vintage. And that's that what, what Jeremy McCullough said. said. Yes, what Jeremy McCullough said. Sports said the same thing about Mitov when he saved from. Cuba. Yeah, Sutton Sutton said the same thing about the St Johnston keeper. When, yeah. the, oh, when he was offside, when he was offside, offside yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, was a good save, and yeah. Hearts is a good save as well, but and. It's probably not. Well, it's not. It was just a good save. It's a pretty good save, and it's right on the line. But yeah, so that I thought there was. If you hadn't seen the Celtic TV coverage, that might have given you the, at least a, a smirk or two whilst we uh, progress to more positive elements of the match. Yeah. So for, for the first hour, I'm like, there's no way we're winning this game. We're going to lose. That's it. I'd accepted 45 minutes onwards. I'd accepted we were losing the game. Etc. Etc. And then the goal that we do score doesn't come from any nice build-up play. It's a bit of a kind of scrappy balls in the air. It falls to McGregor, and he just absolutely drills it from twenty yards. Like, just the keeper's no chance, right? It's already in the net when the keeper's diving. You know, starting to dive. It's just absolute hundred miles per hour. He tries to do it again later and puts one out and into the the street but you know like that's it was a it was that kind of a great goal and it did get us moving and he was having a, a great second half even aside from that but then i thought the second goal was actually really good quality play uh it's there were several moments in the in the, the play uh that, that you know that you talked about the mikey johnson flick uh, actually, i should maybe i'm moving on from the first goal too quickly do you think how much does O deserve a lot of credit like for keeping that alive well yeah i, I was gonna say i think you probably do the, the team a little bit of a disservice on the first goal because yes, it comes from like a, a broken down clearance, but the build-up play is pretty good. So McGregor's involved multiple times from just around the halfway line through. He's still moving it a bit flat. The only time it's moving forward is when he's technically he's running forward with it and then receiving it flat again. But then there's a nice little link up between um I think I think McGregor shifts it out to Alistair Johnston. He plays it in to Mikey Johnson. And one of the things I liked about Mikey Johnson's play was, in, especially when he was on the right wing, which is, as like I said, not his preferred position, easy for him to go outside. And that's kind of where he naturally went majority of the time because he's on his stronger foot. So he went like round the outside. But for the goal, he actually cut inside his man. And then he found a little little like slide rule pass into O'Reilly, who'd managed to find a pocket of space. And he tried to feed O. And then O did had to do a little, you know, a bit of improvisation as he'd run out of space. And yeah, really good sort of 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Awareness to just kind of throw it back into the area with the back heel. It was one of three back heels he tried. Yeah, and I was going to say, it was the, the odd, second one he'd done. The and the other was- two. He was he was mentally way ahead of his his teammates. Like mm-hmm. he was he was on a different wavelength to them, and they weren't up to speed. One of them was Matt O'Reilly later on in the game, and you think, well, Matt, he should be, you know, mm-hmm. he he should be. He's the kind of player you would expect to be breaking in. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll, for me, a lot of a lot of um, kudos to to O for it just generally he he's you know he's got the physique and he's he's got the work rate, but I don't think every Celtic fan has been convinced that he's he's got the touch and, you know, the ability necessarily. I've been one of his sort of little cheerleaders hoping that, you know, that's that seen a bit in terms of that, in terms of control now and again. Um, it, we talked about it's hard. It's, if you, you know, you're only getting 10, 15 minutes here and there to, to sort of be super match sharp. But I thought, I thought he was, Mikey Johnson made a difference, but I think he's the game changer. Um, him coming on for that 30 or 35 minutes, um, he he was just a massive handful. They like they didn't. They, he was something different. They couldn't they couldn't deal with him. He put himself about. He, he was strong. Um, he was quick. He and they, him going up front allowed Kyogo to drop into that pocket. And then there's two of them for them to deal with, and they don't know quite what to do. Um, so yeah, you know, o, O's performance was really good, and and yeah, he he deserves a lot of credit. But th- I just lo- I watched it back today. I just love just love watching that kind of technique on a on a sort of drop and volley when you know, your body shape's perfect he's got himself over it and then he just catches it brilliantly and it's yeah you're not stopping that um but probably not the best goal of the game hmm. yep anthony what's your memory of the second one well just before we done the second one there was just there was a chance just before we scored the first one and that was kind of the moment i went oh, we're on here was when tal Madreda played the pass through to kyogo in Kyogo, all he had to do was really yeah. either chip the keeper or go around the keeper, and he's just played it low. And the keeper's put a really good save, but still, you know, you say Kyogo probably should maybe slap mm-hmm. should score. So that's when you sort of say, "Well, hang on a minute, like we're actually we've, we've come to life here." <laughs> so we've done a, we've done a bit of CPR um, on the on the on the table, and we're, we're we're rising again, sort of thing. So um, that was um, that. Yeah, that for me was like, okay, right. We're, we're getting back into this, and obviously, Calmeiros was a great goal. But I think Matt O'Reilly, I mean, I don't know where that came from. I was thinking, what's he going to do here? And he's just absolutely laced it. And I mean, keepers at no chance. And that was a special goal. And like I say, the, the Mikey Johnson flick, Kyogre got onto that. And, and he set him up from there, I think, from memory. Um, uh, it was but, good movement, good touches. There was, it was all happening. All the stuff we were not doing for yeah, an hour just all six, came together. I think I counted, I watched it back today. I think six players involved in that goal, only 10 touches between the six of them. So my earlier point, you know, stop stop taking so many touches. It was mostly one max two touch. Um, Kogo took one touch on the chest and pushed it in. Um, uh, Ali Johnston took one touch to get out of his feet and then lay it through the middle. Um, Mikey Johnston has a flick and then um, Matty O'Reilly takes one touch to get it out of his feet. And then, as, as Anthony says, it's a, it's a brilliant finish. And... Uh, 
yeah, I think the commentary I was listening to said you could have had two keepers in there and you wouldn't have saved it. It's, it's a great strike. You're obviously listening to the TV commentary. Again, yeah. And Peter, really- Grant was, Peter, Peter Grant reacted to every goal like he was just a fan, like, yeah. I, I was really confused. Yeah. Like, I honestly didn't know it was in, just the way it was uh, like, it took me a second. I was like, I don't know, I couldn't see where the ball was. Like, I, you know, those ones where you can't tell if it's in the stand. reaction to it as well. kind of like, and then it wasn't like it was kind of the celebration of them going to the crowds, and I was like, ah. Oh. Uh, and but yeah, Kyogo, did you see what Kyogo did? He sort of he tried to grab Gra- the ball grab and the like ball. run over the top Grabbed of the, the keeper, ball, or and he barged the goalkeeper, and it was like so obviously deliberate. And like he's going over and apologizing and stuff, but when you see the replay, there's just, I mean, like there's it nothing. Is, nothing is, the the, the keeper got booked as well. Keeper got yeah. booked, I yeah. think. It must have been Italian. Did Kyogo get booked as well or just ah, both, booked, both yeah. of them? Both of them. Oh, yeah. they both got booked. But yeah. like they must have retaliated and, and it wasn't replayed, but Kyogo targeted him. And I was, I don't know, there must have been something before that, I guess. Like Kyogo doesn't normally do that sort of thing, but he ran into that goalkeeper on purpose. I think Callum McGregor shouted after the draw. He said, get the effing ball. And Kyogo's grabbed the ball and for some reason has decided just to, like you say, charge through the goalkeeper. So, like you mm. say, there must have been something going on. You wouldn't think he would do that normally. Although, you know, he's been getting accused of being a diver. And I don't think he was attempting to dive in that, first that one. He, went dive. He, he, just, fell, he just fell over. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. just, it was off balance. But again, any trying that Twitter. Um, he popped straight back up as well. So. <laughs> um, and then the third goal, um, I think in those situations when the ball gets cut across like that there's only certain players in the Celtic team I would back to score that nine times out of ten and James Forrest is actually one of them mm-hmm. in that situation running on to a goal like that with a keeper to beat he's actually pretty good like he, he obviously doesn't get in that position very often but we don't normally get that much space the, very often so. no 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 exactly but he Awata did really really well obviously it was a break in play we obviously just, just managed to save the ball down our end and it's gone straight back up and uh, mm-hmm. Awata's broke through won the ball broke through and and done everything right sucked the defender in and has played the, the square ball and yeah Forrest with uh, an outside of the right foot um, into the keepers keepers left and, and gave him absolutely no chance but it was um yeah, it was a really, really tidy finish and just just settled in there <laughs> after after obviously the scramble at the other end. You're thinking, that's it. I said, are we actually going to see a 2-1 game out? Like, you know, because we're, we're capable of throwing a goal away. We've, we've demonstrated that in recent weeks. And um, yeah, the 3-1, I was like, oh, sigh of relief. I was like, okay, yeah, we've we've played really well that last 30 minutes. And there've been some really great goals, but it's nice just to, cap it off and yeah 3-1 relax listen to the post-match watch you know Chris Boyd being an absolute tit again um and yeah so it's just um it sort of capped it off of that that final 30 minutes but um yeah the the game of game of two-thirds or three-thirds whatever you want to call it but it's just um but again Awata comfortable on the ball I mean what's the guy got to do I mean every time he comes on he looks comfortable yeah, is he worth a start? He's been the only guy that hasn't had a chance in that midfield three. You know, the site was cycled through Turnbull, Bernard, um, yeah, Bernardo, and um, and there's a third player that just and at home. So they're the three oh, guys yeah. we've cycled we've cycled through like multiple times. It's like surely get a Wada in there and McGregor play further forward because. My criticism of Greta this season has been 
he's been part of the reason why we've come across as being a bit passive. He's very much the side to side playing when he's better playing the ball forward. Like he has the vision to play that ball through Hyogo and find him early and play that aggressive pass. All right, sorry, I come off every time, but he needs to be in a further advanced position to play that pass. And the current position he's playing in, he's either not able to do it or he's told not to do it. I don't know. But for he, me, he's under. Instru- he's got to be under instruction, right? He's not. It's not. It's not Scott Brown. He's not Scott Brown. He's not got the. He's not got the defensive nose of Scott Brown. He can't really tackle anyone. Like not even in the same. I'm not disagreeing with you, but but there's no way that he's changed his game overnight from one season to the next without some instruction from the boss. Like there's a really good thread that we've. It's been shared in in the group chat. Um, bit of analysis on where he's taking up positions and where his passing motion and, and range has been going this season. I wish I remember the guy's name to properly credit it, the guy who tweeted it. It was three or four, maybe five tweets. Um, and it's got some heat maps and and some some pass um, sort of overlays. And essentially, he's way deeper this season than last. And his passing is flatter or backwards, more often than not, comparative to last year, where a majority of it was forward-looking. Um, he was much his, his, his standard position last year was higher up on the left in the opposition half for majority of his passing and this season it's deeper in his own half so his, his position on the pitch more often than not when he's passing is much deeper and the passes are square or backwards more often now I don't think he's just decided to drop 30-40 yards deeper and, and play a different game to last season that's got to be part of what Brendan Rodgers is asking him to do, surely. But the, the thing with that, though, is if you're going to get someone to play that position like that, then they've got to be a screen for your defence. And I don't think he's very effective at doing that. I just think that... He's done it in my, the past. My, big, my, my biggest criticism of the Celtic team this season is he's not been utilised the, the best way. I think he, you know, he plays... He gets great games for Scotland playing a little bit more slightly further forward and I just think that deep line role and Brown was like that the last season he was with Rodgers he was so deep it was like he's literally taking the ball from the centre half like five yards away it's like the centre half can carry that five yards and then play it a little bit further I just and that's that's what's happening I know that yeah and, and but like let's be honest that he played that he's playing technically he's playing the same position as he played under Postacoglu but he's he's hardly ever takes it on the half turn and he hardly ever plays, tries to play it through the lines, which both of which he was doing regularly last season. So to me, and we all know Rogers has retained the ball over anything else, that's got to be tactical. And that's set by the boss, right? Is he is, is Rogers tempering him down and say, don't be trying to play it between the lines because that's obviously a more risky pass and therefore you're more likely to lose it. But equally, you're more likely to break teams down and create chances. So... I think we've got I think we've got tactical issues clearly and part of it might you might say that's personnel based but I'm more than happy to say it most of the support's thinking it I'm missing I'm missing Postacoglu's you know ability to get on the front foot and and try and play through teams like this sort of you know ball ball retention overall everything else is it's not attractive to watch right and I'm not saying that Rogers' team has been attractive at times. We've played some nice stuff, but we've played with less touches, 
fewer touches and more intensity and it's not been often enough and to me it doesn't really it shouldn't matter who, who the personnel you should have a you should have a stamp you should have a sort of identity and try and play in a specific way and i don't I think, think it's got that yet I, th- I think it's too easy for us to go into this really slow tempo like the, the brendan rogers style of play it's very easy for us just to go tippy tappy side to side and he said it he said it himself he says oh too many players were playing it safe it's like well wasn't it if that's for you a comfortable safe yeah if that's what you're if that's who you're setting up it's you, you you've got to have the it's got to be played at tempo the balls if you, if you don't play it side to side the ball has got to zip from one side of the park to the other you get the team the opposition to actually have to shuffle at pace if they are allowed just to go from one side back to the other like you can do that all day and that's why we can't really break teams down where at least if and that's, done, that was the yeah and that was the frustrating thing part. first half when we've you've got you've got player you've got center backs ambling forward taking three four five six touches like you take six touches when there's 10 of them behind the ball already all they're doing in that six touches is getting completely set like they're already behind the ball You've, you've allowed one more player to get behind the ball, probably, and you've allowed the rest of them to get completely set and work out where, you know, any gaps that may have been there have since been plugged. So let's be fair. This isn't the first time this has happened this season either. This is this has been a recurring theme throughout the season. Like we have ebbed and flowed. Like you know, we've had the odd good performance, but then it's usually followed up with some average to not so good performances as well. So it's not mm. been like we've been on a a wave and it's just crashed. It's like we have been like up and down most weeks it's really been quite concerning our consistency hasn't been any of the results have been there but our performance consistency has not been there um and that's a concern another thing i was just going to say is that you know but uh, palmer was taking a corner and he's trying to point to where he wants the center halves to be for his where he's whipping the ball and it's like is that not all trying to agreed? Like, isn't it the old hand up, like, you know, where it's this back post or whatever it is, but they seem sixes and sevens and Steele seemed to be the only one attacking it. Everyone else was like nowhere to be seen. There was one corner that came in and there was not even anybody, any of our players in the six yard box. It's like, where are we? <laughs> like, how are you expecting to yeah. score a goal with a ball getting whipped in? And let's face it, Palmer can whip a decent cross in. He's got the ability. To, he's got that whippy action. We should be doing so much better, and we're absolutely Rogers, not. Rogers commented that on that as well in the post match. He said lack of aggression in defensive and offensive set pieces. So he he, he did comment on that. So he, he's basically and again the other thing he said was tactics were fine. He said and again, look, he's going to say that right. He said tactics were fine. It was just that mentality thing. He said it wasn't a tactical problem, and we've just had the whole debate about that about Callum McGregor and. It's, it, uh, with with 10 minutes left I don't think we're going to crack that one at the moment uh, so we'll just before uh, we'll just have a quick look ahead uh, just broaden things out a bit and if you want to bring anything uh, before we do move on just looking ahead to we've got the game midweek well, I guess it'll be tomorrow by the time people listen to this we've got Hibs uh, at home and Sevco are travelling to Tynecastle who have won Hearts have won four in a row now I think they've, I think they've maybe even all won nils, but it's something like that, right? So they've won four in a row. But Hibs are also in good form as well. And then after that, we've got a weekend fixture where somehow we're away to Kilmarnock on the Sunday. I don't get this at all. This shenanigans of 
how we end up on a Sunday. Like when we played uh, away on the Sunday to Aberdeen, I was like, right, fine. Aberdeen played on the Thursday. That makes sense. Don't know why we're Sunday this week. I mean, I do know, but like it's, it's. I'm, I'm not happy about it. Right, Sunday this week against uh, St Johnson, and Sunday next week against Kilmarnock away. No, I can't say I'm happy about it, guys. What do you reckon? Oh, it's just t- it's TV, isn't it? Like it's this. They 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 prefer to have a game on a Sunday night they can show on Sky. So I reckon it's that's really the the long and the short of it. I mean, I was I was I was talking to my uncle and I said, oh, the game must be on a Saturday night. Like we haven't played. We 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 played early in the week and then I looked at me and it's a Sunday kickoff. I'm going, oh, okay. Like, you know, I thought playing Champions League, the whole point was you could play on a Saturday night, obviously provided the yeah. team you're playing against wasn't playing in Europe as well sort of thing. So it's obviously, it must be doing with TV, but yeah. I can't, it's also I moving can't to, to a Sunday game when we've got a Champions League game after it. Exactly. I mean, that's not ideal either. Yeah. But I mean, we're out, we're out anyway, so it, does, well, yeah. it doesn't really but matter. It, it, it's, it's definitely telling, right? It's either us or them. Whoever's on the away fixture, they get televised, right? So we're on a away fixture, we get televised. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of Yeah, I just, up, I just but... get annoyed with it. I just want Saturday games, man. I kind of annoyed with these Sunday games. Just knackered for work. For I, don't mind, I don't mind them if they're like 8 o'clock, though. I mean, that's not too bad i mean yeah, if you if you're a late later game that sucks like you know an 11 o'clock kickoff on a sunday night in perth it's not ideal because you really have to step and watch it um we don't have to but i choose to um but yeah i must admit it's it's a bit easier on a saturday night and then you've got the sunday sleep it off but the joys of supporting celtic in australia because some of our eastern states compatriots have got what would that have been for them? That was an eleven o'clock kickoff mm. last night, yeah, and then yeah, if, it's, if it's if it's not, it's the middle of the night. So, yeah. yeah. I but they get the, so the Hibs game, they'll be able to get out of bed and watch it before work without having to get up. So we'll have to get up at three a.m. That's what I'll, I'll be doing. I'll be getting up before work, and it's four. It's quarter four, isn't it? Uh, Seven forty-five in the UK, which means it's going to be three forty-five <sighs> for us. Uh, yeah, quarter four, means... two hours, quarter six, getting up anyway, just a couple of extra hours early. Well, six forty-five for the people at East, they can like go into the office early and pretend to work. <laughs> like I, think game's I getting... actually, I actually prefer to ha- like I, I just get distracted at work. It would be annoying. Um, I actually prefer to get them done and dusted before we go in, but mm-hmm. that's just me. I, I five a.m. Like... Five a.m. would be ideal, right? Yeah, all, I would probably the two in the morning. morning two in the morning kickoff is the worst time of all. Yeah, ah, can't right in the middle. Ones. Can't get back to sleep. Nah, can't you? You've got nah, like three hours eat, sleep. You're stuffed, stuffed either way. I can't. I can't do those ones. They just kill yeah. me. That's like absolutely not. So um, yeah, but we'll, we'll we'll muck through. Well, I'm sure we'll find a way. Um, cool. Any points you guys got written down that we've not covered yet? I was just gonna um sort of make another um bit of um, positivity around O's contribution in the third goal because he holds the ball up really well. There's two, a couple of defenders trying to get at him and he's been sort of grappled to the ground and he manages to sort of retain it and, and sort of push it around the corner and then good turn of, good turn of pace by Tomoki Iwata. Um, never really had him down for pace in amongst everything but he absolutely gassed his way through there and, and yeah, put some distance in and real good he was barely, you know, he hadn't been on very long it was real good composure so and and Jamesy Forrest is it's vintage Forrest in terms of his finish, as Anthony was saying. So yeah, I just I thought we had a had a really good, really good game and, and showed a bit more even a bit more than he has done previously. So I feel like he's 
sort of coming on again. It's a bit, you know, it's a shame that he's probably going to be going to the Asia Cup. And because mm, if he wasn't going to the Asia Cup, for example, and, and Kyogo was, it would give him an opportunity to have a you know few few games under his belt. But more likely to get Kyogo these days. Mm. Anthony, anything written down? Uh, no, I think we've I've covered everything that I wanted to wanted to say. I've got one more. Bit disappointing oh. with Ali Johnson. Um, just steams a bit off the seems a bit off the pace. Obviously not as bad as Greg Taylor, but just seems a bit off the pace. Like, and it's sort of summed up by that chance that Hart has to dig us out of because he gets he's really lax on the pressure on the ball when it comes to defending the cross. But just prior to that, he's miscontrolled it on the touchline. And he thinks it hasn't completely gone out, but he gets given a throw against. And instead of either standing on the ball and allowing people to shuffle into position or knocking it away petulantly, he gives it straight back to them. The guy throws it over his head and he's out of position. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just slack. Right. And it just epitomizes, he just doesn't seem to be at the level he was at last season. Um, And that's a bit of a concern as well, because I never, I wasn't convinced he was the finished article, but he was certainly, you expect him to kick on from last season to this season, and if anything, he's dropped. I know he's had the injury and stuff, but he seems like he's not really hit those heights again. Um, and yeah, players coming in and out of form, but it's a bit of a concern. And it was a bit of a concern in general yesterday that, as you say, that if you know the players that usually they give us out a hole, and, and to be fair, some of them did in the end, they all went off the boil at the same time. Like you know, O'Reilly had an awful game. Cal had an awful game. Kyogo couldn't, you know, get any kind of service first half. Um, we're just not finding, we're just not playing the passes that he needs that, you know, through ball so he can get in off the shoulder. But anytime he is getting service, more often than not, it's in front of the defence. Um, those chances in behind, like the one that he was saved um, when he should have probably clipped it in. They're just fewer and further between than they were. Even earlier in the season, but certainly last season. Okay, just just before we do man and match, uh, just uh, I don't know if, if you guys picked this up, but uh, Aberdeen lost two 0 Easter Road, and that uh, is a run continues a run of. And we're complaining about having to get up for these kickoff times on a Sunday. They've had seven out of their last eight games have been away from home. Uh, the only team they've played at home in the last eight games was Sevco, so. Uh, they're they're currently three points off automatic relegation off the bottom of the table. Uh, I think they'll turn it around, but that's just quite an interesting development mm. that's going on there. Uh, Robson actually Robson actually said it's one of their better performances. He also said that I think he said twenty four shots missed penalty. He said if it was a boxing yeah. match, they'd have stopped it in his in Aberdeen's favour, yeah. and they lost two 0 So I don't know, but I, I, it's interesting. Like I follow a few um, old mate, a few old mates from the school days that Aberdeen fans. I follow them on from being up that way. Follow them on Twitter, and there's a real sort of dichotomy between the Aberdeen fan base that they don't. I don't think they've, they've got a proper identity. You know, they sometimes play on the ground decent football, but more a lot of you know they're playing a lot of long ball stuff as well, and the. They tend to be looking better when they play it on the deck, but that doesn't seem to be the way they're playing the majority of the time. So ah, there's a bit of it's... there's a bit of patience sort of starting to run out with him a little bit, albeit I think there's some goodwill because he's a local lad. Uh, but also they could win the League Cup in a couple of weeks, right? And they've probably yeah. been juggling European football, which they've not been used well, they to. Have, and yeah. Same thing happened last year with Hearts, right? They had the group stage yeah, and then they, they had sacked their manager. 
or well, I, that the whole thing still confuses me what was going on with that but like um yeah so it's I think that's right. That's that is what it I is. agree with you. I think I think if you give given the time, he will turn it around and they'll probably finish top six this season. Yeah, they're a good. They've got good players. They're good. Yeah. Uh, right. Should we anything else, or should we circle back to our manager match for the Celtic game? <coughs> I just otherwise someone is trying to see um, Sky Sports allegedly. I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw oh, a I picture on Twitter. <laughs> superimposed Craig Levine's head on Stephen McLean's body. <laughs> Yeah, it's I seen that. Funny. He lost a few pounds. He lost, a few, he lost more than a few pounds. Yeah. It's the best Craig's looked in quite some time. I remember um, when but... they did that with uh, Morelos and they put him onto um, Glenn Kamara's body as well. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sky Sports, man. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to open up that can of worms at the moment. So, uh, man in a match, I don't think there'll be too many shouts for this one. Uh, I'll go first and you guys can have the swaying votes. I'm going to go with uh, Callum McGregor. Uh, I thought, uh, as, as we said earlier, nobody, no, no, I wouldn't get, I'd, I'd put a null and void on it if you were calling it at halftime. Do you know what I mean? Like, are they giving it to like the physio or something? I don't know, right? Uh, but based on the second half and yeah, Callum McGregor for me got his going. A strong shout for O because the game literally changed with him coming on. And a lot of people were saying Mikey Johnson and for me, his, his end ball was just not good enough. To like it, it made a difference, it'd be my third in line, uh, third best in line. But I think if, if his end product was better, probably yes. But uh, to me, he was the third choice for that. Paul, uh, well, Carl definitely came onto a game, but because of his first half contribution or rather lack thereof, he's ruled out for me. Um, always my man of the match, okay. Anthony? I have to also agree that I couldn't give it to any of the players based on their first half performances. So I think it was it was always going to be a substitute. And I think Mikey Johnson made a, a case because he sort of started the the impetus in the second half. But I've really given it to O as well. I thought he was quite, you know, the only thing he didn't really get was a, an assist or a goal. But just his all-round play, he just seemed to get the team going and just provided a bit more strength and dynamism and and basically dragged us out of the crap. And then, you know, Cal McGregor and, and O'Reilly and Forrest did the finishing. But yeah, oh, for me, I think he deserves it. And I think he's at the point where, you know, I asked, he's ready to deserve a start at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, surely Owen and Mikey Johnson are going to start against Hibs at home, surely. You And look, the, the one person who I think has got the most egg on their face in this run of form has got to be Rocco Vata because if he'd signed a new contract and looked in any way interested in the last couple of months then surely he would be then ahead of Mikey Johnson and potentially do better so uh, he must either really really want away or he's probably feeling pretty stupid about now because he should have been playing ahead of Yang even in the last few games but anyway that's uh, so consensus is O for man in a match any final thoughts guys Paul? Yeah, a couple of music ones. Um, I missed, obviously, we've none of us were here last week. So um, I'll give you a couple of quick ones. Um, mentioned everything, everything a few times, but they've got another single uh, out. The Mad Stone is another single ahead of the new album in the new year. Um, so check that out. It's uh, another great album, uh, another great single, and the album's must be, yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. And a, and a local band in Perth, um, albeit they're mostly um, Scots, Brits, Irish originally. Um, the Deanies have got their debut EP out um, called uh, Afford Way, 
or Alford Way, depending on how they pronounce it in Perth. It's the street that uh, one of the guys uh, was renting in and they had their first jamming sessions and stuff in that little street and they've named the EP after it. There's five songs on there. A couple that have been out before, but some new ones. Um, and I imagine there'll be a, an album at some point next year, but that's the Deanies, D-E-E-N-Y-S. Local Perth band. Um starting to uh to get a bit of momentum i thought you were going to say acdc at first when you were recommending <laughs> anthony i managed to get tickets the last minute to see coldplay um, a couple of weekends ago so that was very very enjoyable so they've announced their east coast tour of australia i think tickets from Australian sales so if you if you're a coldplay fan from any era worth a watch and um yeah i thought their old stuff still held up really well um as much as you hear the new stuff on the radio and i knew the songs it was their old stuff that sort of um got the nostalgia going um and the like led wristbands and stuff very very effective light show so um yeah well worth seeing um not many sort of bands can do the stadium these days and they certainly can how was amy shark was she good she was very good um she just loved being there it's like she's never obviously played in front of her a crowd that large so she if you said it once she said it about five times but um no her, her, she had her voice definitely held up in the the, the stadium she did really really well good support yeah, quite like amy shark um paul you were at kevin bridges the night before me last week how good was kevin bridges mate he was kevin amazing. kevin bridges was tremendous although i don't oh, know good. if this happened the night you had uh but on the thursday night there was quite a few drunken idiots in uh nah, fair, fair amount of heckling uh Really? Not too bad early in the show. Just idiots thinking they're funny, right? Um, mm-hmm. I've had a few drinks, think they're funny. They aren't. Uh, he dealt with the first few easily enough um, with actually some good lines. But in the encore, some idiot, so he did a lead-in line that was about veganism. And I assume he was going to take the piss out of it. But some idiot just went, Boo! when the word vegan came out of his mouth to the point where he went, no, just shook his head. And he just, he, he just, uh, just abandoned. He did. He didn't. He didn't. He just sort of. He, he just shook his head like, oh, what an asshole. And he didn't. He didn't even put him. There was no pithy line to put him down. He just shook his head and went, yeah, but we'll not finish that. And he moved. He, he just shook his head and moved on to the next gag. And it was like you. You could tell he was kind of pissed off. Like mm-hmm. to just. It's, it's it's quite uncommon for a com- comedian just to abandon. A yeah. joke like like once you've once you've started the feed line um so yeah that was a bit annoying like it was almost exclusively scots irish and english um from what mm-hmm. i could gather there might be a few toki token aussies in the in the audience but yeah he was great he was really really good i've had a, like I, I, i've been so many shows the last few weeks um from mccartney in sydney uh been a block party interpol in melbourne then bridges uh deacon blue Last Sunday, did you read Deacon Blue? My parents went to Deacon Deacon Blue. Yeah, I've I've never seen him, and they were brilliant live, absolutely brilliant. Like not quite my generation, but they were absolutely brilliant. I'd see him again. Like I thought, I was just 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 want to tick off because Dignity is one of my favourite songs. I'll see that live, and that's me tick 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 them off. Do you think Paul's really put himself? He sets himself a good nick. Like he's yeah, well he's still yeah yeah he's in great shape. Like they all are, and and Ricky Ross is sixty five. Um and and his wife's fifty nine. Um, I assume Dougie Vipod's in a similar age bracket. Ricky Ross is just an old school frontman, like a genuine entertainer. Stories, 
keep the crowd involved. Like I just really, really enjoyed it. It was a Sunday night, so it was a bit bit knackered for work. And then Tuesday night I was at Frank Turner at the same venue, the Astor Theatre. So um, a massive fan of Frank Turner. I hadn't seen him yeah, in like years. Him. So um yeah, he did his usual heavy p- crowd crowd participation. It wasn't full, which was a shame. But it was everyone that was there had an absolutely blinding night. So he's been a long time since he's been back down here. It's um, I think twenty eighteen was the last time he was in Perth. He had some shows obviously during COVID, COVID that got canned. Um, so hopefully it's not as long before he's back. He's he said he's got a new album out next year as well. That'll be his tenth studio album. So fingers crossed he gets back down. But um, he's coming up for his, he's just shy of three thousand career shows, which is pretty incredible. He's never off the road. Like basically, he records and then he just gets back out in the road. So yeah, our show was I think two thousand eight hundred and thirty-four, and he's done two since. He's got one more before the end of the year, um, and he's got a few weeks off. But he'll be back on tour in January. How much? Ah, mate. When you have man's a machine. When uh, from my point of view, when you when you have kids, these kind of nights out become like twice a year kind of things. Mm-hmm. None of this sh- sh- like heavy shenanigans of November's that you're just describing. That's, that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm not having them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cost you like the price of the ticket plus the cost of a babysitter and having to deal with emotional guilt. Anyway, all of that. Managed to, yeah. One last thing, I managed to get Jerry Seinfeld tickets as well. So um, they were an arm and a leg, but uh, yeah, he's a bucket list character as well. Not seeing him live. So that's June next year. He's coming down to Australia. So looking forward to that too. I was pretty close to putting the thanks for watching over you when you started talking about Jerry Seinfeld there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in lieu of being rude, we'll just say we'll sign off there. And uh, thanks everyone for listening in. Can you please like this show? And if you're watching in YouTube, if you're not, can you jump on YouTube and like it? If you did, in fact, like it. Can you follow us on the socials? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or X, excuse me, you stop calling it that. Although I've noticed we do still have the Twitter symbol, so I'm going to use that as my excuse. Uh, other than that, thanks everyone for uh, tuning in and uh, hopefully a couple of more wins before we see you again next week. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.